Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is episode 86 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm your host, Daryl, and it is good to be here again. Now, this is the second attempt at recording this. I actually started recording this on my mobile phone um, through the through the just through the headphone speaker, and it actually sounded quite good. <clears throat> so I'm gonna my computer's working again now, thank God. But actually, I don't know if this is the best sound setup. I bought this mic. And I thought it was great. Like, I thought it was really good. But then I heard some of the episodes, obviously, and, you know, we've had to adjust the audio, so on and so forth. And I just wonder if, like, actually doing it through my uh, through my iPhone is going to be better until I get, like, a better speaker and a better laptop. <clears throat> Maybe I just need to fuck around with Audacity a little bit more. I don't know. But, um, but anyways, I've got about 15 minutes recorded on my phone, but I'm not going to use those. However, the show that we do after this one, I am going to record on, on the iPhone. It was a bit of a different experience and I just got interrupted and that a phone call came in, which is unusual at this time of night, but it came in and it interrupted the recording. So I was just like, ah, and by that time my computer is back up. So I was just like, fuck it. We'll go back to that one and we'll try it again another time. So I'm going to really I'm going to really give it a go and see what it's like because I think I need to invest in a different mic or I need to spend some time with Audacity to figure out how to bring this thing the quality of it better. It's not representative of 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 how I truly sound, I don't think. Um but nevertheless, those are my problems, not yours. Uh you are tuned in and I appreciate that and thank you for coming back if you are a, you know, uh, a more consistent listener of ours. Uh, and if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Just get all the housekeeping stuff out of the way first. Uh, search Quiet Part Loud. We have launched a YouTube channel, but I haven't put anything up there yet. And I'll link to that when when we start to do things uh, for that channel, which I think we're going to do kind of segmentation. So if I can pull out snippets, again, it's just adding to the production and, and, and the team of one that is me producing this show. Uh, I don't know how many, how many more hours I have in the day to accommodate that, but I thought, well, we should do it because we definitely want to start doing video, blah, 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 blah. So anyways, I'll keep you informed of that, but you can download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, follow the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify, of course, and I always try to throw the links up on our Twitter uh, when they are available on each platform because they take a little time. Obviously, SoundCloud's first. We put through there, uh, publish through there, and then generally um, iTunes and SoundCloud update at the same time. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, Lots to talk about, but it's late, so I'm not sure how long this episode's going to be. Uh, it's been a hectic week. We're only midweek. It's been a hectic week at work. Um, obviously, I've, I run the personal training as well, which I just got back from. And again, I'm married, and I got some dogs that I like to play with as well. And uh, and, and I like to I like to hang out with my wife. So I'm not sure how long this is going to be, but I wanted to cover some things because there have been some developments in the news, you know, from Venezuela to Julian Assange and everything in between. So there's just some bits that I wanted to talk about. And, you know, Julian Assange is kind of where I wanted to start because we learned this morning that 
he's received uh, 50 weeks in jail for not appearing in court for basically failing, yeah, failing to appear uh, on the uh, sex allegations on the, you know, and, and from what I'm understanding about it, this is going back seven years ago. So this is before he was in the embassy and they're still throwing a year at him, just shy, the fortnight shy of a, of a year. Um, and if you recall, there was a speedboat killer who ducked out as well. And he tried to, he tried to bounce, bounce, you know, um, I've heard some of the commentators, some of the reporters mentioning this and, and kind of some of Julian Assange's supporters are referencing this in terms of the severity of what, how the judges treated him today with this year for not appearing. They gave the speedboat killer six months when he didn't appear. So I haven't really looked into that. I'm just relaying information from the BBC that came on television this morning. But if that's true, that's disgraceful. And you can also see the kind of bullshit that's unfolding here, I think, you know, like, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. I am not one way or the other all the way in on WikiLeaks or all the way against them. I think the 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 sweet spot as with a lot of things that are incredibly nuanced and detailed, there is there is some elements on both sides to consider. Let's put it that way. You know, like Julian Assange. Okay, he released redacted information, right? Which can potentially put people in trouble. I don't like that. But I love the transparency that he brings by being a platform and a publish a publisher of classified information. Because we need to hold the people who are in power accountable for their actions. And I don't think anybody that has seen the helicopter footage that was released, which is very dramatic, of course, but I wouldn't think that anybody would say we shouldn't have seen that. We should not know that our government do things like this. And this is how some of the soldiers behave. I, I think that sort of transparency is really, really good. And it needs to be there and provided to us in some way, shape or form. Now, he, you know, he had a personal vendetta against Hillary Clinton and sort of sided with the Russians. And, you know, there's that whole mess of, uh, of a situation which again I don't agree with I think he's a very vindictive person personally I don't you know I don't know him but you know from the things I've seen from the things I've read from the interviews etc you know there's a bit of a chip on his shoulder or at least there was seven years in a room would would probably knock that off um, but it's also about accountability because now what's going on is he's going to be extradited um, the extradition procedure proceedings are going to be started tomorrow I believe and those extradition uh, proceedings are to go to America, and he's going to be he's going to be held up in America like a hacker, like a spy, you know, instead of what he is, which is a publisher. Because ultimately, that's what he is, right? He didn't go and hack these systems himself, as far as I'm aware. He hasn't hacked anything to do with you know, the major thing surrounding this whistleblower uh, saga. He's provided a platform for whistleblowers to distribute information. And if that's the case, which it clearly seems to be, then where do we put things like Twitter and Facebook or any website that gets a lead and, a, and has a source and can provide them with, you know, important information that we should have? 
for the purpose of holding these people to account and having transparency in our governmental proceedings. I do not want to know the strategic, you know, the strategic plans for a battle in Afghanistan. But I do want to know if 50 Afghani civilians were, you know, were bombed because a drone fucked up. I do want to know those things. I do want to know if they shoot down reporters because they think they're terrorists. I do want to know these things. So there's good and bad. But to hold them accountable <clears throat> as a spy or as a hacker or as a whistleblower in terms of, you know, being the one who, you know, he's not the source of the information, right? They already tried to throw 30 odd years at, at, at Bradley Manning, Chelsea Manning, excuse me, um, before his sentence was pardoned by Obama. But... I have a feeling they're just going to fucking throw the book at Assange when he gets to America. And <clears throat> we did an episode a few shows back called Where's Where's Julian Assange? Because we hadn't heard anything about it. And bless the mainstream media. Bless the BBC. They've managed to, I think, in the total of the news that I've seen today, I've seen two segments of it, maybe three, and they've been about two minutes in length. Nobody's talking about what Julian Assange actually did in terms of providing us with this clarity providing us with the insight pulling the curtain back to let us see the wizard right nobody's talking about that and that is a service talk about his bad things of course but just let's remember what they're extraditing him for we talked about this people just like seemed to kind of disappear. And now he's two minutes. If that on a news cycle. And it really matters. But I, I, I kind of wonder, you know, what's going to happen to the poor bastard. But hopefully it stays public enough where he just doesn't end up in Guantanamo Bay or something like that. You know, um, but we'll see. I just wanted to bring it up because, you know, it was news that I heard this morning. Um, and I know we did a show, so I wanted to follow up on that because, you know, I've been looking at the Mueller report and I've been doing different things. Uh, as I said, work has been super busy, so I haven't been able to cast an eye on it um, as closely as I would have liked. So let's wait and see. All right. Um, sad news in the film world for... Now, I'm not one of these people that's like, oh my God, Michael Jackson's dead. I'm so sad. I'm going to kill myself. Like, I, I don't attach to celebrities that way. I, you know, I had, you know, celebrities I was fans of when I was, when I was younger, you know, people I looked up to, athletes that I loved, you know, things like that, like everybody does. But I'm a grown fucking man. I don't attach sentimental energy to abstract figures which these people are, they're all normal human, you know, individuals and normal human beings with, you know, somewhat normal lives, I'm sure for the most part. Um, but I don't like the kind of virtue signaling of people like, are you really upset that I don't fucking know, like some celebrities died or, or something like that, or, or some, some songwriters died? Like, really? I just, I just don't get it. I, I just don't, I don't get the attachment, you know? Like, oh, the drummer from this rock band died. 
that's okay. That's sad. Thanks for letting me know. You know, this jazz musician passed away. This actress passed away. Like, if it's something tragic, okay, cool. Like, that footballer that, like, you know, went down in the plane crash on his way to sign a multi-million dollar contract. Multi-million pound contract. You know, that's really sad. Um, but I don't attach sort of... Sen- I don't put any weight in the sentimentality of it all. It's just like, okay, that's that's another person that's gone that I didn't know. Like, if it's my mom or my grandma or... You know what I mean? Like, if it's a family member, you lose someone close to you, you know... Knock on wood, that's not happening anytime soon, of course. But I understand when it's a close personal re- relation of yours. I don't understand the amount of energy that put, that some people put into grieving for celebrities. I understand how you feel like you know them, you knew them, but you don't. So it's a bit of a weird one, a bit of a weird one for me. Um, but John Singleton died. A couple of days ago after having a stroke he was 51 and anybody that's listening that doesn't know who john singleton is he is a um he's a movie producer director um of some very influential movies for me when i was a kid so this is why it kind of rings true and this is not me completely contradicting what i just said i'm not like i'm not broken about this i just think it's okay it's sad right but it's one of the ones that i wanted to note personally just because of um just because of some of the library he's he's you know, and legacy that he's leaving behind. So uh, if you don't know John Singleton, John Singleton is responsible for, uh, let's go back in time. Let's go, first we'll go Poetic Justice. Then we'll go Boys in the Hood. (laughs) Then we'll go Baby Boy. Then we'll go, oh no, actually we're going, no, I I, I put put them in the wrong order. Um, Higher Learning is in there as well. And then Four Brothers. Now, if you haven't seen any of his movies, you need to add them to your lists immediately. Because if you've not seen Boys in the Hood, then you need to smash your head off a wall. And then look in a mirror and ask yourself what's wrong with you. So if you haven't seen Boys in the Hood, anybody that's listening, go and watch it now. Just go and watch it. Okay? It is Cuba Gooding Jr. It is Ice Cube. It is... It's a classic. It's Doughboy. Sub Rick, sub Doe. It's amazing, and it's just one of those classic films of, of my youth anyway. And and you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening are are big fans of, of Boys in the Hood. But, I mean, for me, I mean, I've seen the film Lawrence Fishburne. I've seen the film. So many times. Yo, Lucius be talking talking knowledge. <laughs> Movie is so classic. Either they don't know, don't show. I don't care what's going on in the hood. It's fucking awesome. It's awesome. And the soundtrack is just ridiculous. So you need to go and watch that. Uh, Poetic Justice. Okay, can we just go for Poetic Justice a little, just for a minute here? Poetic Justice, Tupac and Janet Jackson? Tupac and Janet Jackson, Regina King? Are you fucking kidding me? 1990, what, 2? 93, 90, something like that? Oh, it's amazing. There's some stories that Janet Jackson wouldn't let uh, 
Tupac do the kissing scene until he'd done an HIV test because she wasn't sure about him. True story, I believe. Um, but another classic one, Tupac as a as a mailman, you know, just just a grimy good film and and a great soundtrack. Just just yeah, just memories for me. Because Tupac's a good actor, was a good actor. And I think this was like his first role. Well, no, it was Juice, right? Juice would have been his first role. Um, but just just great all the way around. So another one to, to definitely check out. I can't remember the guy's name. He's a comedian. He, he was in that. He, he's Pac's friend in that. He's Tupac's friend in that. Um, he's always brushing his hair. He's always brushing his hair, brushing the fade out, brushing the curls out, right? Getting the waves going. Um, I have one of those brushes. And I have one of those brushes because I've had one of those brushes since I was in university. Okay? And a friend of mine, uh, Ali, uh, shout out to Ali Sharif Robinson. Got him. Um, he gave it to me. <laughs> he gave it to me. And I've had it ever since. And it's still in really good condition because I don't really use it. Like I clean it, keep it nice and clean. And I use it on my beard just to brush the hair away when I've shaved. But it's just memories, man. It's, it's connecting it all. So John Singleton was a big one for me because, you know, things like higher learning. Again, just a classic social, socially conscious film. Let me give you the, let me just have a quick look here. Okay, let me just, let me just school you guys who haven't seen uh, higher learning. Let me just let me just put it on you, okay? Because higher learning is one of those. It's one of those films that was. It, it took racial tensions of the time and just put them right up in front of your face. Let me just check this out real quick. Higher learning. There we go. Omar Epps. I mean, fuck me, man. If you haven't seen Higher Learning, again, get it on your list. Let me give you the cast. Let me see the full cast and crew here. Michael Rappaport's in it. Yes, of course he is. So John Singleton wrote this film, okay, and directed it. It has Ice Cube, Omar Epps, Jennifer Connelly, Michael Rappaport, Christy Swanson, Tyra Banks, uh, Lawrence Fishburne again, Regina King again, Busta Rhymes is in it, okay, Adam Goldberg's in it. I mean, there's so many people in this fucking film. And it is just it is just a classic. It is just an absolute classic film. It takes place in a high, in a in a university campus. It takes place um in a very diverse university. It's basically the IMDb that uh like one line on it is people from all walks of life encounter racial tensions, rape, responsibility, and the meaning of an education on a university campus. I mean, it is, it is nuts. You know, it's the black dudes hanging with the black dudes and the athletes hanging with the athletes and the geeks hanging with the geeks. And then, you know, it's just this like powder keg of, of, of tension. It's, it's, it's insane. It's, it's fantastic. So you need to go and watch that because it, it is, I guess you'd call it sort of a cult classic, right? It, it's it's one of those, not everybody's seen it. And it's only got a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. And so for anybody that votes on these things, go fuck yourself because you don't know what you're talking about, okay? Four Brothers, obviously, 
you know that with Mark Wahlberg and Tyrese and and Andre Three Thousand from Outcast. Like that's a that's a that's a good flick. Like let's not fuck around. That's a good flick, right? And the other one that you may not have seen is Baby Boy with Tyrese. Now this is more of sort of a this is more sort of a kind of a an urban classic. I don't think this really stretched out too much if I'm if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, this is a story of Jody, an unemployed black man who's been living with his mother for several years even though he's got a child of his own. Uh, you know, he's basically fucking around and doing all that. Snoop Dogg's in it. Uh, as I said, Tyrese is in it. Ving Rhames is in it. Ving Rhames plays like the dad. Um, and it just, like if you look on IMDb, it just gives you more like this underneath it. Higher Learning is in there. Set It Off is in there. South Central is in there. Uh, Belly is in there. Juice is in there. And Poetic Justice is in there. I mean, we're talking just classic black films, like black produced film, like just amazing, amazing movies, in my opinion. You know, Juice with Tupac and Omar Epps, again, is just one of those things. It's not a John Singleton film. Um, uh, that's Ernest Dickerson that, that, that directed that film. But yeah, Baby Boy was the other one. And I watched Baby Boy a few times back in the day, uh, just when I was in that sort of like identity crisis moment of my teen years. Um, but yeah, sad, sad for the movie world that John Singleton's gone. And perhaps I spent maybe more time than anybody wanted talking about those films, but I don't really give a shit because I love those films. And I'm a huge movie fan and I don't talk about movies enough because most of the movies these days are just, in my opinion, awful. We rely too much on CGI. Um, it's not for me. It's I don't like all these big budget action films, uh, like superhero comic book films. Like, I've not seen... Like, I've, I've tried to watch uh, Iron Man. Iron Man. I can't do it. I've tried to watch um, Avengers. I can't do it. Like, Fantastic Four. I can't do it. The Spider-Mans, they do nothing for me. They do nothing for me. I do like some of the X-Men films. And I do like the Christopher Nolan Batman films. And then, obviously, the Michael Keaton one is classic. Jim Carrey is the Riddler is classic. You know, these are the things that I do like about those films. But overall, I'm not enamored by just throwing cash at special effects to try to make just these... I don't even know what you'd say. They're, they're just... They're gaudy. The movies are gaudy to me. They don't... They lack... They lack subtleness. They lack skill of writing. They, they, they lack... They lack the stuff that I love about filmmaking. Um, you know, I, I refer back to things like like the film Death and a Maiden, which couldn't be any further from where an, advent, an Avengers is or an Iron Man is or something like that. You know, Death and a Maiden. But go and watch Death and a Maiden with Sigourney Weaver and Ben Kingsley and tell me that's not just classic film or out of Africa or something like that. Like just dialogue films that are great or after midnight or before um, before sunrise or after sunset or before. Is it before sunset, before sunrise? I think it's before, before and then after. Um, like go watch films with dialogue. That's that's my kind of shit. I like that. Don't get me wrong. I like action. You know, I like 
I like good, exciting films as well and, and just popping on a popcorn movie, you know? I love all that stuff. But I just think, like, look at the releases that are coming out. They're all just, like, sucking this tit of, like, what I consider just people that people that just like to be clapped in front of. Like, it's just like, show me something shiny. I'm a fucking magpie and I'll be interested. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I like Game of Thrones. I watched it. I'm not one of these cunts that's like, oh, I've never seen it. I'm not going to watch it. Fuck off. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an asshole like that. If I have an opinion on something, it's because I've tried to give it a crack and it's just not for me. Like for Game of Thrones, I'm just like, it's not for me. I gave it three or four seasons. I can't even remember. You know, the one, I think the last one I watched was like, um, some, so I think some royal broad was pregnant and they stabbed her. Um, but I'm just like, uh, like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like Walking Dead, they walked up to that prison. I watched about two episodes in the prison. I'm like, well, they're fucking here now. They're not going anywhere. The zombies don't seem to be a problem anymore. And I'm out because this is boring as shit. So they're not for me. Congratulations on the on the success of, you know, Avengers, like just smashing through a billion dollars at the box office in like three or four days. Just mental stuff, right? And I get it. It has to be a profit machine. You can't have any losses. Right? Not with not with the competitors out there, not with Netflix, you know, nipping at everybody's heels and, you know, kind of leading the charge forward with Amazon Prime and, and, and streaming services like Hulu and you know, Disney's probably going to buy Hulu. So I get it. You can't have any losses. I, I totally get it. But I'm not for just the flash and the bangs. Like, have you ever tried to watch a Transformers movie? I mean, oh, it's just, oh, it's dreadful. It's just dreadful. Or like Batman versus Superman I tried to watch. And they're just smashing the shit out of the city. And they're the acting's so bad. The writing's so poor. Like, at least Guardians of the Galaxy had some, like, witty humor in it. Like, that's what I like about Deadpool. Deadpool's cool as shit because Deadpool is funny. Deadpool's witty and sarcastic and pokes fun at itself a little bit. You know, I like that. If something's like, like that, I like that. They understand what they've got and what they're doing and what they're making. It's like Baywatch. Baywatch is clearly poking fun at the old show, knowing they're making a bit of a joke movie, and... They're non-apologetic about it. They roll with it, keep going, throw some fucking action highlights, some titty shots of The Rock and Zac Efron in, couple broads in bikinis, and call it a fucking day. See you later. Cash your check, The Rock, cash your check, check Zac Efron, and beat the fuck out to the next project. So Zac Efron can go and play Ted Bundy, and The Rock can go and hang off a skyscraper. You know? Like, you can't have any wins. But in terms of things like Games of Thrones and these big TV shows that are just cult classics, I'm just... I'll give them a crack. I'll give them a crack. But don't talk to me about this thing being some amazing epic that's going to be around for years and years and years. Because guess what? The fans are already bitching about this epic. Oh, episode three. I see online. Episode three. It was too dark. I couldn't see the battle. I couldn't see what was going on. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Like, it's like the second or third lowest Game of Thrones rating uh, rated show ever is this big 
episode three that everybody was like jerking off about. Like there's some big battle. It's going to be an hour and a half long. They're just going to fuck everybody up. Everybody was bitching about it. You think the Game of Thrones is going to have a 20 year legacy like fucking like the Sopranos did? You're out of your mind. This day and age, it's out of sight and out of mind. Things don't last. Things have no legacy. Things aren't historical. They're not going to look back in 50 years and be like, oh, Game of Thrones. Remember that? Let's rerun that again. People watching Game of Thrones like three times through. Get the fuck out of here. You know how much time that takes? Like I've watched The Sopranos multiple times, but don't get me started on the differences. We may have touched on this in different in another show, but you know, I don't even want to talk about it because forever the Sopranos in TV uh, lore or history will always be a leader. It will always be a pinnacle. And everybody else will be doing a version of something like that, but taking on these other aspects of popcornish style movie making, TV making, where people can just mung out and not really think too much about it. Like I know there's stories in Game of Thrones and the families and the twists and turns and things like that, but most people are watching it for the tits and the dragons and the explosions and the fucking fighting. That's all they're that's all they're watching because look at the feedback people were giving on episodes one and two. They're like, this is so fucking boring. When's the fight? I thought the first episode was the fight. I thought the second episode was the fight. Or maybe the second episode was the fight and the first episode was shit or whatever. I don't fucking know. I'm not watching it. Point is, these guys and girls that are watching Game of Thrones are moaning, moaning, make them wait a year, two years, whatever, and then you make them sit around for an hour and a half, you better fucking kill some dragons, you better blow some shit up or set somebody on fire, somebody better catch an axe to the face, sharpish, or these nerds are going to be out of here, you know? So there's no legacy in this for me, in, in, in my pers- in my perspective. There's in in my opinion, there's no there's no real legacy here because they're already on to the next one. They're already buying up the storybooks and you know all of the fantasy novels and trilogies and series and stuff like that. And I think um, a friend of mine was telling me that they are doing the Lord of the Rings TV show on Amazon Prime. Like get the fuck out of here! I couldn't sit through. An hour and a half of it. It's just like, where are you going now? Walking somewhere to have a little fight and then to keep walking to find a fucking ring. Get out of here. That's not exciting. That's not something I want to invest three hours of my time into. But again, I'll give it a crack. Because I'll watch Heat. And Heat's three hours. I'll watch The Godfather. The Godfather's three hours. You know what I mean? I've got staying power, but I will turn a motherfucker off 25 minutes in if it's dog shit. And I will leave halfway through season three if it just loses its way. And that's what I've done with these shows. So I criticize them out of already checking them out, not out of ignorance of never exposing myself to them. But that was probably far too long on Game of Thrones TV shows and, uh, and shit that doesn't really matter. So why don't we move on to a couple other things that don't fucking matter. And we'll just call this pissing and moaning. We'll call this episode pissing and moaning. All right. So the other thing I saw yesterday was that Kendall Jenner bought a billboard for her husband, boyfriend. What is he? I know he knocked her up. He bought her. They, she, she bought him a billboard on like Sunset Boulevard or something like that. 
and it's a picture of her lying with the baby and then an enormous picture of the baby's face saying, me and mommy love you, daddy. What? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what are you doing? If my wife bought me an advertisement space for my birthday and put a picture of her and our dogs on there, I would be like, what? I would ask her what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> Why would you think that? I understand the gesture. It's not a, it's not over my head. I understand the sentimental value of it and how sweet it's supposed to appear. For me, it's fucking peacocking. It's like, well, I didn't buy them jewelry. I put some thought into it. Get out of here. It was just the most what type of thing. For, I don't know. For me, that's nothing more than just a, hey guys, look at us. Like that's the biggest sort of grossed, gross Facebook photo. Uh, post you could make you know like look how good our life is like we knew these people I'm not going to mention any names but we knew these people who didn't nobody knew they were divorced I think people still don't know they're divorced and both of them have new partners they haven't updated anything they post photos on on Facebook like like everything is still hunky dory because they don't want to break the 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 uh, the persona that they are a perfect uh, nuclear family. It's really sad. It's really confusing to me. And I'm not saying that people need to go onto Facebook and like you know announce to the world everything they do, but they do it anyways. But only if it's positive, right? You didn't see any pictures of Kylie or Kendall or whatever the fuck her name is coming out of the surgery where they were shaving her jaw down or implanting her ass with fat to make her look like her sister who got famous off a of sucking cock. Let's be honest. Right? Kanye says it in his song. My girl famous all from a home movie. They disfigured a child to make her an icon. This is prostitution in the 21st century, in my opinion. And all this is, is peacocking. Oh, well, look how successful she is, Daryl. She's the youngest self-made billionaire. Is she? I thought self-made was when you didn't have help from other people. Or didn't have an established family that was already multi-generationally wealthy. I thought self-made was coming from nothing and making something for yourself. Like a Paul Simon, right? Or is it Paul Simon or Paul Paul Mitchell? What's the guy's name? Uh, Paul, let me, what's the guy's name? Paul Mitchell? Paul Mitchell. Uh, let me see if that's the guy. I'll be able to tell straight away. John Paul DeJoria, right? This is the American dream. This is self-made. Okay, 20 years of being homeless. He, after 20 years, or 20 years after being homeless, I should say, he was able to buy a seat on the New York Stock Exchange. He built two iconic companies. 
two iconic companies. You've probably heard of them. The first is Paul Mitchell. You know the hair products that are in, what, every fucking salon in the world? Not that I visit salon with my bald head ass. Um, so he created that. And then he also created Patron. You know, the tequila and spirit company. He created those two companies and he was homeless. That's a self-made person. When your dad is a wealthy lawyer, or no, sorry, when your dad is a wealthy uh, property developer and former Olympic athlete, and your mom is a rich divorcee from, you know, an ex-lawyer, and your sister is on TV, your entire family's been on TV since you were almost in diapers, making millions off of being skillless and irritating, you step up into take and kind of take the reins into the next generation. That's not that's not self-made. I hate to bust anybody's bubble that holds this chick up as an icon, but all she does is take a product that is built out of some factory in China and slaps her fucking name on it. She's done nothing. But I'm not hating. Get your money. Get all the money. But don't call a rose a rose if it's not a rose. Let's be honest here. She's not self-made. A guy like John Paul DiGioria is self-made. There's different things that we have to take into account when making those sorts of claims. So anyways... The point was, she bought her husband or whatever he is, boyfriend, a billboard. Okay. Crack on. Like, just, people are absurd. Like, people just show off for the sake of it. It's just gross. It's just so obvious and so blatant. So, anyways, I'm not going to spend any more energy on that. Gave it about 10 minutes too long. Um... I was thinking about this the other day, and it was something I used to think about before. I was like, um, like I saw this girl on the bus, and <clears throat> she was wearing her sunglasses when she got on, and they were the big, you know, black sunglasses that that, that girls wear. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, nice looking girl, like decent, you know, decent frame or whatever, and uh, and her face, you know, all seemed. Everything seemed in place, you know. I wasn't like, oh, like busting in my fucking pants or anything. I was just like, oh, you know, you notice people, right? So she took her fucking sunglasses off. And I swear to God, her entire body changed. It was insane. I think she gained weight. I think she got shorter. I think like one of her earlobes was like really dangly. It was fucking gross. I don't know what happened, but when she took her sunglasses off, there was a different person that was standing there. I was like, oh my God. But then she put them back on and the illusion appeared again. And I was like, what just happened? And it just got me thinking like how much covering that part of your face actually changes how you look overall. And it's really deceiving. So... Big sunglasses are the choice for anybody trying to make themselves, I guess, 10 degrees hotter or more attractive to the opposite sex. I don't know if it works in every case, but it definitely worked. This was like two days ago and I was 
I was I, I, I was kind of taken aback by it. And I was like, how the fuck? Because I completely forgot about it. But then I was like, you used to think this before. When the big sunglasses first came in, it was like, what, 15 years ago? Something like that. It was crazy. And I was like, how the fuck? And it just, I it completely brought it all back for me. I'm being quite reminiscent today. Um, it brought it all back for me. I was like, yeah, it does. It's a way for chicks to deceive other people about how they look. Because they're not that stylish. They don't really look that good. Or is it the glasses that that do look that good and as a consequence make the rest of them look good? Is that the equivalent of like polishing a turd by just putting a set of sunglasses on? Because it's how it seemed when I was traveling and I saw this girl come on the bus the other day. It was it was shocking how much she changed. And it just took me right back. And I was like, oh, God, they have these things that they can do. They can contour their face to make the... I don't know if you've ever seen these YouTube videos where, like, just a basic-ass, like, Chinese girl will do this makeup and she'll look like something out of a... I don't know, like a princess. It's insane. So they're duping us. You know, they're duping us, which is why I'm so glad I'm out of the market. Not that I was, like, you know... Not that I was scooping up netfuls of tuna and shit, right? Like, there were plenty of fish in the sea left when I was done with it, you know. Um, but I did all right in my time. But I'm glad I'm not in that single dating space anymore. I don't have any sort of inclination or energy to do that, you know. It's like young guys, man. They got this. They got the testosterone. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm still fucking vital, you know. Like, I got all the testosterone running through me. But... There's something that changes in your mentality. And even though I'm raring to go fucking cutting diamonds every morning, I don't have the desire to, I have, and I guess that comes along with being committed and loving the person you're with and being married and faithful to them. But I just don't even, like I'll look at a girl and I'll be like, God damn it, you know, like fucking recognize you know, you got to recognize skill when skill walks, you know, genetic skill when it walks through the door. You got to, you know, pay a little homage. I'm not a fucking monk, but, you know, my 20s, I would have been savage, like just different, completely different. So I guess it goes with the calming of, of me overall. But um, yeah, I just, I, it was, it was a thought that I had. I didn't even make a note about it. It was just a thought that I had. I was like, remember when? And it's true. Big sunglasses are the girl's trick of making themselves look at least 10% more attractive than they are. This girl had basically crossed eyes when she took her fucking sunglasses off. I didn't know she had all these crooked teeth when she had her sunglasses on. It was weird. Her whole persona, her whole figure, her whole... Her, her whole person changed. It was really discomforting. And then she put him back on and it was it was all good again. So yeah, very strange. But there you go. This is a more of a stream of consciousness than anything else. And since we're on that stream of consciousness, staying with nostalgic topics that are being revamped and brought into the new, I saw the, the, um, the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog the other day. And... I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, part of me's like, yay, because it's like nostalgic, and it's just a, it's gonna be a, like a geek out film, and 
You know, it was just one of those things. When you fuckers, you guys today who are younger than, than I am, if you never had the joy of playing Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo or even regular Nintendo, you don't know what the fuck was going on. You don't know what real fun is. You guys are all, the video games are like movies these days, which makes them awesome. But you have to struggle through some shit, right? It's like you don't know pleasure unless you know pain, right? And struggling through eight bits of Mario, Super Mario Brothers or Blades of Steel or I don't fucking know Street Fighter or whatever, right? Mortal Kombat. Like you don't know the half of what we went through and we loved it. NBA Jam. Fuck me. These, these, were, these were classics. Now it's, uh, you know, we're closer to virtual reality than we are to 8-bit. So Sonic the Hedgehog was like, a major major thing on the uh, on the Genesis console, right? Sega it was Sega Genesis console. And we played it until the until the cartridge broke. Loved it. Collecting those rings and then they, you know, started adding sequels with different characters and shit like that and then it all all got a bit weird, all right? All of a sudden Sonic the Hedgehog's hanging around with a little fox. It was really weird. So, anyways, again, like Walking Dead, like Game of Thrones, I switched off because I was a little too old for it. So, I um, I watched the trailer and I was like, what is this all about? Like, how are they going to make this into a movie? Um, uh, the bar is so low these days, they can make almost anything into a movie. But that's been, it's been that way for a long time. Nevertheless, I watched it and I was like, okay, the live action with, with Sonic. Sonic looks kind of cool. What's the, what's the story going to be? And the story is that, like, the government are after him or something like that. I don't know. I lost I lost track of things when I saw that Jim Carrey was going to be the villain. So, again, with the nostalgia and now bringing Jim Carrey into it for, you know, to play the mean, the, the major kind of wizard guy or whatever he was, the mechanical guy. I'm just like, oh, well, now I've got to see it. Now I've got to see it. But it, it looks terrible. <laughs> it looks terrible. From a, from a movie perspective, it looks fucking awful. But it's got some nostalgia in it from when I was younger. And as I said, it's got Jim Carrey in it. So I'll definitely, definitely be watching it. I'll definitely be watching the, what's it called? The Violent Heinous Criminal Acts or something like that. The, the Ted Bundy movie that Zac Efron's doing. I will definitely be checking that out. And along with with those two, The Irishman is going to be coming out in a few months. And I just cannot wait to get my teeth into this epic. And I hope it is for the time they've spent making it and for who's in it and for who's writing it and producing it and directing it. It's got to be a banger. And I just, I really, really hope it is. So, yeah, that's a, that's a little... I don't know what I was doing there. I was just kind of, yeah, whatever. Just just running at the mouth. Um, what else? God. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. The, um, so you, I don't know why I got quiet all of a sudden. Like somebody's going to be listening. Fucking. <laughs> um, I can't remember her name, but she was on the news today because she lost her appeal. <coughs> about capping testosterone levels in female athletes. It's the South African running. You know the 400 
meter runner, the black girl that, like, she's built like a dude, let's be honest. I'm talking straight with you guys, right? She looks like a dude. She does not have a female frame. She's got broader fucking shoulders than I do. Um, and she just murders everybody. Murders everybody. She's something completely special in terms of, you know, female athletics. And she has higher testosterone levels than other people. And they thought she was doping and taking steroids and shit like that. And it just turns out that she has super high levels of testosterone. So they've now put into place a cap on female testosterone levels. Which means that she probably won't be able to compete. Which raises the question, if they're trying to regulate females competing against females from a testosterone level, right? This is a, this is a you know, a, a, a biological thing. That's going to really reduce the feel, I would have thought, or really put a, put a ring f fence around potential, uh, potential athletes and those that might be disqualified because of the natural goings-on in their system. Like, I could understand if they were taking additional testosterone to raise their levels. That's called cheating. That's called doping. <clears throat> but if it's proven that she just naturally carries a higher level of testosterone, isn't that discrimination? And how does that play for people who are physiologically different? And what I'm sliding straight into here is the transgender uh, conversation that, you know, some people are trying to argue there is no physical advantage for transgender females who are, as we know, you know, born men transition into females at a later age. You know, there, there's a there's there's a push to have them included in female sports, which there's been resistance to by top female athletes, present and past. So how does this play? Because the ones supporting transgender women coming into female sports and competing, who definitely scientifically have a physiological advantage because they've switched genders how do they feel about a female in a female sport being capped on the amount of testosterone she naturally produces and disqualifying her as a result that is a conversation i think we need to have because you can't fucking lock her out if she was blowing hot for taking testosterone get her the fuck out of there Right? Do her like every other drug cheat that they catch and suspend them. Get them out of there. But if this is naturally how her body functions, what are you going to do? Try to make her compete against the men? She can't do that. Why? Because we know there is a physiological, there is a physiological advantage that men have in sport because of how they are naturally built. That's why we segregate the sports in the first place. <coughs> but you can't segregate a natural, uh, like, a biological female from competing in female sports because that is fucking discrimination based on her, like, her inner workings, the way her body functions. It's, it's fucking crazy that that's on one end and they're trying to get transgender women in on the other end saying that there's no advantage there. And I'm not saying it's the same people putting up the both arguments. It's clearly not because they don't align. 
I'm just saying. This is how fucked up things are getting. That girl there has too much testosterone. But we'll let that girl in that used to be a man. Get the fuck out of here with this absurdity. So I feel really bad, but she says she's going to continue to sue um, and try to, try to, you know, try to, I guess, escalate the uh, the case wherever she can. But it, that it, when I heard that, I was just, I was, I laughed to myself because it's absurd. A female that produces too, te- too much testosterone naturally is going to be, is going to be restricted so what is she going to have to do? Take more estrogen to bring her testosterone levels down? Like, I don't, like, is that how you do it? I guess that's how you would do it, right? But what's that going to do to her? But then these dudes that are now chicks can come in and compete when they have all of the advantages through hip placement, shoulder placement, everything. But let's get them in. The world has gone nuts. The world has gone absolutely fucking bananas. Uh, what else? What else has been going on? There's been a lot of noise about this old country road song and whether or not it's a country song at all. Um, I don't care if it's a country song, a rap song, a fucking hard rock song. I don't care. The song sucks. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. The song sucks. Is it a catchy beat? Maybe if you listen to it 15 fucking times, you'll start humming it. It's not a good song. It might be relatable to some people. Who gives a fuck? It's going to be off the charts in a week and nobody's going to give a shit about it. Right? If country music want to be a bunch of redneck racists and don't want to let a black guy onto their, you know, there's been like, what, three or four like black Grammy winners or black country Grammy winners or whatever country music award winners or whatever it is. It's like, okay, cool. Like I, that's a not, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I just can't spend any time with it, but should the music industry be more inclusive? I guess maybe, but for me, it's just not really a very good song. And like adding Billy Ray Cyrus to it doesn't really add legitimacy to it. I've listened to the song probably five times and it didn't make my head bounce or my heart rate increase once so that's why i know it's not it's not good or at least it's not good for me right everything's subjective here it's not good for me but if you like that maybe your taste should be subject to some scrutiny (laughs) little nas x what's a little nas x i know what nas i know who nas is nazir jones i know who he is what's a little nas x little nas x Little nauseous, little Nas X. I don't fucking know. Anyways, I'm just running at the mouth here, guys. So we've done about an hour. Um, we didn't mention him once, and we didn't mention it once. And if I do mention them now, drop it, Brexit. Then I'll be fucking up the whole episode. So we've basically gone and not talked politics on either side of the pond for a whole episode. So I'm happy about that. But I have to go because it's getting late, and I still have half of a week's of work to do and uh and i'm getting a bit tired and i want to go see my wife so i'm gonna peace out on episode 86 but i appreciate you guys and i want to thank you so much for listening again when we do our next show it's going to be via the i uh the iphone so we're going to try that out as i said at the beginning and we'll see what it's like but 
Um, check us on SoundCloud. Check us on Spotify. Check us on iTunes. And uh, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show. Have a great rest of the week, guys. Tomorrow's Thursday, and that's when this show will come out. So we'll be hopefully back this week. But if not, we'll definitely come back next week and do it all again for episode 87. So if I don't speak to you, have a great weekend. <laughs> I almost did the Truman Show thing there. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Till next time, all the best.